Because you want to live in the forefront of your times, in ideals and in sacrifice, you have elected this. Live from Mad Rivers Boulevard, it's Paul and Rage! Hi V! Hi V! Hi V! Hi V! Yes, welcome to another dial-up edition of the Paul and Rage podcast. I am in uh, Tamworth. Central Western New South Wales doing another OB for uh, for Sky News. Rach is sitting back in the palatial Paul Bay Mansion where I think there is literally a 4G data outage at the moment. So this could be the shortest podcast ever, Rach. This is going to be short for a number of reasons. The first is that you're being an international man of mystery in Tamworth. The second is that we're toggling this off my phone and I can't be paying for the data. (laughs) It is always good that what starts out as a voluntary operation, that is the Paul and Rach podcast, once it starts to cost you money, yeah, uh, you know, that's when, you know, we're not giving up kids, don't worry, but we are looking for that elusive sponsor, which I think we're willing to take $5 for at this point. (laughs) Exactly. We don't even mind if our beliefs are completely not aligned with the company. (laughs) This week's sponsored by Al-Qaeda. That's it. How's Tamworth? Awesome. Really cool. We're sort of, uh, I tell you what, I've, we've created a rod for our own back with these little OB shows because, so this, so tonight we're doing a thing where it's um, Barnaby Joyce and Tony Windsor having their first one-on-one debate since sort of uh, Tony Windsor said he wants to get back in the parliament. And little old us, um, we started off with, you know, a dozen people who joined us in uh, in Cooma and then it was a couple of hundred in Coolum and now we're in an area that could uh, that could take as many as three to four hundred people Rach. Wow. People are being bussed in for this little uh, venue so it's fun but it just means we're probably going to have to be smarter about what day we get together to do the little potty or. Yeah exactly we're going to have to uh, we're going to have to think about that but we've got to get the topic of the day out of the way which is of course Madonna. Oh thank god you said it. <laughs> Okay, first things first, can we all stop calling Madonna the material girl? She is a leathery old woman. That is the only appropriate, like, stop it. Unless you put a little asterisk above material girl, which says material is cowhide. (laughs) Oh, but seriously, what a sort of mutton dressed as uh, behaviour she's up to now. The Sheila is old enough to be people's grandmothers, fine and fair enough. You can source about if you want. It's sort of my problem with Kylie Minogue. But, but bigger, and the bigger issue is the douchery, the sort of Axl Rose douchery of this Sheila turning around two hours late for a concert on a, what, Wednesday night in Brisbane. What a mole. This is the thing, and I have a few issues about this. The first is the two hours late thing, coming out on stage uh, in Brisbane and saying, why did you guys turn up early? You know I'm always late. Don't make me late by turning up early. Uh, And then uh, concert promoters have said for the subsequent concerts to come, you know what, guys, this just happens, so you're just going to have to get over it. Well, you know what? Sell the show as an 11.30, close to midnight spectacular don't make people hire a babysitter and roll out at 9pm and then 11.30 they're still looking at an empty stage because the thing is you've got to know your audience, right? I'm at sort of the lower end. We're both at the lower end of the Madonna age range for your fans. And we both like a sit-down concert that's wrapped up by 10. That's the audience. Yeah, I don't understand it. I really don't. But then again, I don't quite understand what's particularly entertaining about what is now, musically speaking, old cheese. (laughs) You're listening to Paul and Rach.
Rach, could we uh, have an uncomfortable truth here? I think that was a signal when we started the potty a couple of years ago, but uh, an uncomfortable truth. I don't know that Li Lin Chin is as hilarious as everyone else says Li Lin Chin is. <laughs> and you know what? I also think it's a tinkle racist. And, and we do this all the time, where we sort of decide that there's one overtly not cool person on television that we're going to make cool, and that's cool for a little while. And then we have to drive it into the ground, you know, like Alf on Home and Away. That mm. gets driven into the ground. Remember when Margaret and David, when they were hilarious and then driven into the damn ground. I wonder when it gets to the point with somebody who has made a career out of being a serious news journalist, I wonder whether doing a lamb ad means that you've kind of relinquished your journalism diploma or whatever and you just thought, you know what, we're probably not going to sit you behind the desk because you see all of the, you know, you guys at Sky News, all of the other channels on telly, you sell yourself on your serious news credibility, right? Everybody makes these ads that are like 35 years in the business, 37 years out, you know, in the field. I can't imagine that sort of, you know, David Spears there at, at Sky News would be popping off with Sam Kekovich and, and doing a lamb ad and then popping back to cover the, the election. Well, who knows? I'll ask Spearsy if he's available for next year. Uh, but but, but as, as a rule, you're 100% right. But also, just by the by, and, you know, I know I'm sort of, uh, you know, uh, gnawing at the hand that feeds, but I do love the 28 years of reading an auto-cue. It's fun. Um, it just means practice, doesn't it? It doesn't mean you understand any of the words. It's like, I've been reading books for, what, 30-something years now? doesn't mean I know how to write one. It just means I know how to read one. It's just like 38 years of comprehension. Hit the guys up on the Paul and Rage Facebook page. I think I've come across the greatest scam of our time. That is the postie's little note that says, you weren't home, you can come and collect your item at the post office. Because I'll give you the hot tip, P. Murray, I work from home. And when I get packages delivered, the doorbell never rings. And then all of a sudden... I go downstairs and magically there's a little note that says, what a pity you weren't home. I was at home. Yeah, why don't they just tick the box CBF? (laughs) (laughs) Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrach.com.au. Rach, ridiculous, unnecessary, unprovable medical news. Ridiculous, unnecessary, unprovable medical news time. Do you know why I left you alone on that? Is because when we're on Skype and we both talk at the same time, it cuts each other out, so we wouldn't have heard anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in our time. Oh, uh, later next week. You're listening to Paul and Rach. Oh, Rach, massive story for anyone who has plums and a stem to go with it. All right, a bloke is playing rugby and a a gentleman on the opposing team reaches up between his legs. He grabs what dangles, he pulls as hard as he possibly can and the bloke requires 11 stitches on his because it was almost torn off. I understand that it's a point of weakness, you know. So when you're in the throes of battle and you want to weaken your opponent that maybe that would be your go-to. But the ferocity of actually grabbing and tearing, I might give you a little insight into me and 2.0's life at the moment. (laughs) Oh, well, okay. Let's get Lorena Bobbitt on us here, though. (laughs) Interesting segue. But I've gotten a little too sort of blasé with the nut tap. 
<laughs> this is the difficult situation with me and any kind of response. So I, you know, we both work in the sort of comedy field and there's something really joyous about making somebody laugh. And mm. unfortunately, 2.0 is just in between that point. When I tap him on the nuts, he's mm. right in between finding it painful and funny. So every time he laughs and I love making him laugh. So I've gotten really addicted to nut tapping him because every single time he doesn't get angry, he, he laughs. And it's getting to the point where he's like, I'm trying so hard to be angry because this is not acceptable. But when I'm in the moment, I think it's the shock. I'm laughing. And now that's encouraging you to tap me on the nuts all the time. Yeah, well, thankfully, when my duds come down, we don't need physical humour. The image <laughs> Get the guys up on the Paul and Rach Facebook page. I want to do a little shout out to a friend of mine that I went to lunch with the other day. Now, you know that I am a woman who is, and I've taken this from my mum, who just couldn't give a rat's if she looks like a loser around other people. You know, if I walk up the shops in my PJs, doesn't bother me. You know, this kind of stuff doesn't matter to me at all. Hey, 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 you're no loser, baby, especially <laughs> in those yoga pants. Thank you very much. But this girlfriend of mine and I, we, we had planned on a double date to go out for lunch. And rather than cancel, she decided I have a really pressing beauty issue and that is that I need to fake tan, right? So she's what? fake tan. She's got an at-home fake tan machine. And she has done the bold, bold move of fake tanning and then going out to lunch while it develops. Now, for oh. those... <laughs> For those of you unfamiliar with the fake tan developing process, you go from normal individual to somebody Harry Connick Jr. would walk out on. <laughs> I can tell you this girl went so dark, she actually went purple. She looked like Violet Beauregard in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. When she walked into the restaurant, I didn't know that she'd had a fake tan. And I genuinely thought she had some really bad disease that I was not aware of. Like I thought, oh, meningococcal, I thought that was just little black spots, not you entirely black. And it wasn't until sort of entree that she said, oh, God, am I getting a bit dark? And we were like, dark? You are offensive. And she said, oh, I, I faked tan and I thought oh, I could, you know, I could wash it off or whatever, but I'll just come out and don't worry about it. I mean, she... More power to her, you know, to those of you ladies listening who fake tan and, and I'm, I'm in this boat when I used to fake tan, that was a hide from the population until this thing is ready to be released to the world. I would never go out in public. I'd have the shades on, the co like the whole thing to cover myself up on the walk just from the beautician to the car. But this girl has gone to a high-end restaurant in the middle of the day in broad sunlight and just sat down looking like a blueberry. It was absolutely brilliant. But how ironic that she has the body confidence to do that but doesn't have the body confidence to walk around the world with her natural skin complexion. <laughs> so true. Want to stay in touch? Head to the website, paulandrache.com.au. Right, I know that it is often considered to be, uh, you know, you've run out of ideas when uh, in radio or television you talk about your kids or flying. Uh, let me get the daily double because I've already talked about my kids. Mm. Uh, so, of course, flying here to Tamworth, it's, the plane's a little different than, say, the one where you're going to the Gold Coast, Melbourne or something else. And uh, delightful 
Kate, who we've met on the podcast before, is uh, I think she's a producer, but I mainly only pay attention when she brings my food um, and can tell she's not in hearing distance right now. <laughs> anyway, now she's very polite. So she's, she's like you in that she's not going to arc up until you know, sort of late in the proceedings where you go, thank God you said that. Mm. Um, I think today was one of those moments where I've gone, okay, I need to lose some weight because I was the fat guy on the plane today. And I was the fat guy on the plane and she's sitting there, you know, delightful skinny girl who's sort of, you know, doing her best to sort of you know, stick in her side. And I was trying to sort of suck my guts in. But I just realized that it wasn't my arm that was on the armrest and spilling over. It actually was the side of my ample gut. Did she say anything? No, she hasn't said anything. So I thought the more uh, courageous thing to do would be to talk about it behind her back on the <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach. I went away on the weekend with 2.0, uh, had a delightful time. But there was one thing we were sitting at a cafe in the morning that we noticed that I just wanted to bring up. Uh, and it was some serious douche behaviour. This guy and his friend sat down next to us and they ordered their breakfast at this cafe and when the waitress brought the breakfast out, it had your usual setup of your eggs baking kind of arrangement, your toast, and then the little triangle of butter or whatever so that you can put the amount of butter that you would desire on your toast. But it always feels a little wasteful though when, when you are in the restaurant scenario and you only use, you know, a quarter water or something like that of the uh, of the of the butter if you leave the rest of it around you feel like you're just going i know this is going to end up in the bin but surely this is the option of the chef to go you know what i don't know if you like a thick spread or a thin spread i'm going to leave it to you but this guy was having none of it and when the lady brought out his breakfast and sat it down in front of him he said to her um excuse me could you take that back to the chef and get him to put the butter on the bread <laughs> oh, what a mole. Taking it all the way back to the chef to put butter that was sitting on your plate on the bread because you can't, I mean, there was nothing on it. It's not like you had to deconstruct this incredibly impressive stack of eggs, bacon and everything and it was this beautiful thing and he's like, oh, there's no butter on the bread. That's devastating. It was two bits of bread sitting out amongst a whole bunch of other things that all you had to do was pick up your knife and butter. But the other thing is if you send your order back to the chef and say something like put butter on your bread, you know what you're getting on that bread? You're getting butter. <laughs> you're listening to Paul and Rach. Hey, Rach, sorry, doll. I've just got to quickly run because uh, we're getting ready to do our show. So thanks very much. It's been fun to play on the potty. Okay, but Polly, 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 I know that you must have regional radio man around there because you're over, you're in Tamworth and regional radio man never misses an opportunity to pop to an outside broadcast. Absolutely loves it. He'll be waving from the background, no doubt, in your show tonight. I just wondered if, like, you could grab him and we could maybe wrap up the podcast with a bit of a chat to a regional radio man. Sure, I was just trying to do some bad acting, saying I had to leave. But okay, I'll <laughs> leave now and see if I can find him. <laughs> Hello, Rachel. It's regional radio man here doing a bit of work for 2TM in Tamworth. How are they hanging? Oh, regional radio man. What's it like? Um, you know, we've spoken to you so many times on the podcast, and obviously you're a big fan of Paul's work, but now you get to see him live and in person doing the show. Has it been exciting being there and seeing the Paul Murray live machine? Oh, not quite. I remember, you know, I'm a bit more of a pro than he is. He likes to turn up just a few minutes before the show, invariably having a smoke or some sort of 
loose behavior like that doesn't happen when I do an outside broadcast. In fact, I remember when I was there out the front of Little Red Corvette Motors in Musselbrook a couple of years ago, and I turned up an hour beforehand and I shook the hand of each and every vagrant in the suburb. Well, that, that really is the kind of professional that we, we know you are. Have you been listening to the podcast uh, every week? No. <laughs> okay. okay, well, we appreciate the honesty. Well, will you look after Paulie while he's up there, regional radio man? And oh, we, absolutely. And we'd love to have you back on the podcast if, if you would at some point. Absolutely. I, I tell you what, this voice can get you into a million rub and tugs. Just tell me the city and I'll find the lady. <laughs> You're listening to Paul and Rach.